Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble on Football Ramble Daily. My name is still Marcus Speller. My name is still Jim Campbell. I'm still Luke Moore. Guten Tag, everyone. I'm Pete. Well, hello, everybody. It's another beautiful day in the neighbourhood. The football ramble in your ears. Coming at you like Cleopatra. How are we doing, lads? We saw some football on the weekend. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We saw that Hazard peach falling not that far from the tree. It's another Hazard (laughs) butt. Pete, you don't don't think that he's his son, do you? Ooh. There's there's three hazards, yeah. but I can't talk about the third one because uh, he's too young. Uh, but no, it was, it was a really really fun weekend. Football is back, and I enjoyed it immensely. It was nice, wasn't it? It was just nice to just see some of it. And yeah, it might be a little bit weird without uh, without you know fans, but um, you get used to it fairly quickly, right? It's like watching Wigan. <laughs> I yeah. I like to think that watching a lot of the German matches over the weekend, the Bundesliga, that. I think I was more ready for gore mouth action than they were. <laughs> there was a lot of <laughs> shanked, shanked wax at the goal, air kicks. Oh, it was wonderful. A lot of shanked wax in Pete's weekend. Wax. Um, by the way, Luke, you say Wigan there. You saw Wigan lift an FA Cup trophy not that long ago. I have a bit of respect. I did, yeah. I can't remember <laughs> what the attendance at the Wembley Stadium was that day, but I'm not sure I could look it up. I actually enjoyed that because it was funny because it it flew right in the face of a load of Manchester City entitlement. So I was in favour of that. But I will change my opinion cynically to make a cheap point. So you should know that about me by now. Mm. Well, what you've Flexible. done is we're, we're two minutes in. We've had the first um, uh, bit of uh, uh, top uh, kind of... Um, what would it be? One of the top, top leagues shelf. in Europe back. Top shelf, Peter. <laughs> well, we'll get onto that in a second. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, we come back and then you you derail us with your Wigan chat. I'm, I'm poisoning your mind with my, with your, with my Wigan athletic. <laughs> You're a disgrace. But mm. back in the Bundesliga, uh, Borussia Dortmund beat Schalke 0 4-0. Axel Vinsel actually said that on Twitter, which is very enjoyable. Well, like, it was just there, wasn't it? It was, it was there yeah, for the there taking. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, obviously, Haaland got the first goal of the yep. game. Lovely goal. Well taken, Jim Campbell. Even you'd have been pleased with that one. Yeah, I'd have been delighted with that, to be honest, mate, to score a goal in the Bundesliga. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, he, 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 he took it well, didn't he, as he does? And it seems like just kind of nothing phases this boy. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like even a global pandemic, just business as usual. But you, you <laughs> sent round um, a little compilation that Jackie Oatley um, highlighted on Twitter of Erling Haaland in interviews. And he's a very rude young man, isn't he? <laughs> he's aloof. He's, he's aloof. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he acts exactly like the sort of like villain that he's, yeah. he's sort of portrayed as. Do you feel some sort of uh, solidarity now with those Paris Saint-Germain players who constantly kept taking the piss out of his celebration, which we scorned them for, and I still do for that matter? You know what? I actually do, thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> they saw his post-match interviews and thought, we have to take the piss out of this teenager. Yeah, I mean, he was asked because they, they, they celebrated by the yellow wall, didn't they, as it's, as it's known. They did what they yeah. normally do, which is a, mm. you know seemed to be a nice touch. And yeah. he was asked about that by by an interviewer after the game, and he just went. <laughs> he said the the interviewer said, "Why did you still do that?" And he he went, "Why not?" Like it was as dismissive as that. It's like, <laughs> All right, Erling, I'm trying to like you here, mate. <laughs> Although actually, I think if you are sort of a cartoon villain, maybe that's more likable. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I quite like it because it cuts through all the rubbish. I mean, the thing I, I feel, I understand that if, he, if it is him just being rude and insolent, then you know, fair enough. That's not great to see, and I'm sure he'll grow out of it because he's only a teenager. But yeah, I, 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 so part of me feels like you know the complaints we always get from listeners or on Twitter or from general football fans is oh, you know, football players are so boring these days, and all they do is answer questions in like cliches. Well. Holland doesn't do that, and yet he still gets criticised. I mean, last yeah. season, we, we sometimes hear on OTC, <laughs> um, he talks about how Holland is a real bit of a character, and there's a, a story of him being spotted at traffic lights with the windows down in his car, blazing out the Champions League anthem. You know, there's, mm. there's like, he, he, I think he's a bit of a character, and I, I wonder <laughs> in this particular case if it's just he's doing that thing, you know, let's be honest, that I do sometimes where he thinks he's being funny, but it actually comes across as him being a bit of a prat. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure he doesn't mean anything by it. 
I don't know. I mean, it's like he's not displaying a lot of character there. It's very sort of monosyllabic, monosyllabic um, kind of rudeness. <laughs> but you know, it's it's important to remember, as you pointed out, that he is he's eighteen, and there's a lot of stuff that he he may grow out of. And whether it is him just you know having a bit of a laugh, I never grow and, out of it. You know, no, this is true. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that, that, is, what a lesson. Exactly, he's not incre- an example. It's increased, Jim. if anything, under lockdown. We should point out he's nineteen, and he's actually is uh, he's actually he's, twenty he's, in a couple of months. He, he, he is. He's actually 28. <laughs> so, he's, so he, he, he should have... Uh, he, I mean, I know what you're saying, Luke, but if he's still doing this in like 10 years' time, and that's very generous, it will be rather, rather boring. But... Well, do you say that, but will it become a sort of Zlatan-style thing? It will. No, but Ibrahimovic is not... Well, yeah, but that became boring, though, didn't it, PT? Somebody back me up, Pete. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, it did become boring, like, at the end of his career, like when he was 37. Marcus, I agree yeah. with you, but I still will not back you up. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, no, I just remember Pete explicitly saying on a ramble a number of years ago, oh, I'm so over all this Latin business, it's so boring. Yeah, but that um, wasn't that wasn't his part in it. It was more just that that everybody got on board. It's the David Hasselhoff uh, kind of effect, isn't it? But I think in many ways, yeah. like I feel sorry for the person who's interviewing him because I've interviewed Boy George on the red carpet and I asked him whether he was going to have the chicken or the fish. He said, "I'm a vegetarian." The conversation ended there. Yeah. We've all you had were... those situations with tough mm. customers, but you just got to get through them. But I do yeah. always feel sorry for the interviewer. I think though that Harlan's less likely to chain someone to a radiator, though, Peter. You just don't know. Compared to, uh-huh. is that are you comparing that to Pete or Boy George? Because <laughs> yeah. Pete did lockers in his flat one. We're both in lockdown in Soho. That's all I'm saying, guys. Oh the things we've been getting up me. to. Oh, oh dear. The Bundesliga did happen, though, ladies and gentlemen. We should uh, <laughs> not forget. And and uh, I think this thing that, that saddened me the most in that uh, in that four nil shellacking that Shalalka got was um, that Marcus Schubert <laughs> in goal had a tough afternoon and and it wasn't mm-hmm. nice to see a Marcus in there getting that kind of treatment. He was almost at Arsenal last season. <laughs> he, <laughs> he'll be there next season. He's only 21 years old um, and he had a tough afternoon, Luke, did he not? Yeah, he did. And I think it's, it is definitely worth pointing out that he's only actually playing because um, Alex Newbell, uh, the first choice keeper, has done the dirty on them and agreed to sign for Bayern Munich, which is supposed yeah. to be happening in July. I don't know if it's still going to yeah. happen, but that, that's the, I, I'm fairly certain mm. it's, it's all signed. So David Wagner um, hasn't picked him because that's, even though I love this, like even though that like, there is actually no fans there to abuse him, he's still not being uh, picked uh, because he's because he's agreed to go to Bayern. So Schubert got chucked in, has been chucked in at the deep end. And yeah. um, and one thing that didn't help Marcus Schubert, not that he'll ever know this, is that um, he he made some mistakes. He didn't have a great afternoon. And I really enjoyed the fact, can I just say, that mm. from Steve McManaman, there was yep. absolutely no quarter given that it might be quite a difficult situation <laughs> for yeah. loads of reasons. One, that he didn't really expect to be playing this season because yeah. he's young and Newbell was supposed to play. Two, they've just come back after a global pandemic. Mm. And three, there's no fans. So it's like playing some haunted swimming gala, <laughs> right? And, and even then, McManaman was like, he's got to do better. Every single time, yeah. he's got yeah. to do better. He's got to do better. Leave, leave off, Steve. Relax a bit, you know. Paul Dempo Dempsey's trying to commentate here from home. Apparently, yeah. someone's trying to deliver something to his house, and he's still coming across better than you, Steve. Relax. Oh, one, oh, one of the commentators um, thanked someone on Twitter for the phrase Lewandowski. Now, I know yeah. I've oh. let some stinking emails through at times, so I've got no room to talk, but <laughs> let's not congratulate anyone for no. Lewandowski. Good That's God. Awful. Yeah, not even I would Absolutely do that. Although, uh, maybe I would. But I think um, Steve McManaman, was it McManaman? I think it was. And I, I, I totally understand that, you know, commentating and summarising is a difficult job, blah, 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 blah. We're, we're just back, we're excited and so on. And some of the cliches will just sort of come through and, and you will reach for any kind of, um, I don't know, suppose statistic or fact to try and just get people immersed back in the game. But when I think McManaman said something along the lines of, you know, Dortmund coming into this game on good form, it is a bit like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> haven't played a good... I this mean, is yeah. the longest break a footballer has ever had in his life. <laughs> I, 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 I really want someone, one of the commentators to say, well, of course, you know, it's an intimidating place to come to and, all, you know, all these kind of things. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jaden Sancho didn't start, though. No, he didn't. We didn't see Sancho, but we did see John Joe Kenny. Starting for Schalke on loan from Everton. I love that. I love yeah. that. And Jane Sancho, I thought Jane Sancho had a calf problem. Apparently, it's a bit more of a thigh problem. Obviously, yeah. they didn't need him to start because they won fairly, fairly handily. And, and mm. I, I wondered whether 
the fact that there'll be no fans and that that's such a big asset for Dortmund, Borussia Dortmund usually, that it would be a bit of a leveller. But Schalke were, were, I mean, they started off okay, but they're absolutely woeful. It's great to see John Joe Kenny doing his thing in the, in the Bundesliga. And um, obviously we saw um, Adam Lukman played as well, didn't he? Yeah. And uh, which, which was nice to see. But I was just going to say very quickly, um, shout out to her to Berlin for essentially <laughs> taking the piss out of all of us for actually being good. And, yeah. and secondly, yeah. I, I don't know if you saw this. Um, I mean, this is getting on to be pretty specialist, but I actually watched, I've been missing football so much. I actually watched a Greuther Firth versus Hamburg in the second division. Right. And um, there was a header scored by Harvard Nielsen by, from Greuther Firth. And it was a proper old school 90s header. And if you haven't seen it, it, it gave me all of the feels. Go back and watch it. It was a beautiful uh, steel neck at work to batter the ball in, going away from goal. Uh, beautiful header, well worth a watch as well. That was probably mm. my highlight of the weekend. Did you, did no, you see uh, Hertha, Berlin's, Hertha Berlin's last goal, Cunha oh, scoring what a goal. From, from the left-hand side? It was fair to say they were having some problems off the wings, <laughs> the, the opposition, but he was that one who, he was nominated last year for the, for the Puskas Awards for that goal against Leverkusen where he just dinked it over the keeper. He's yeah. only 20. I mean, good God. Did the goals look as good when there's no fans? Is there something about the goals uh, not being as good? Maybe, no, I, I don't know. The, I reckon the tech, the, t- the 3D tech probably works better when they sort of recreate it later on. That Cunha goal was it, it, it was Peter Unluvu esque for those who remember. Yeah, beauty. <laughs> I felt it was absolutely delightful. Yeah, he absolutely did the keeper as well. Give him the eyes. Oh yeah. What did you think of uh, Augsburg? They they lost two one at home, but they played goal music, and I thought to myself, we might have found some use for it. Was is this? Yeah. <laughs> Last time <down> a feeling. <laughs> yeah. but the thing is, if you play if you play goal music like that in that situation. It's, I imagine I didn't see this, but I imagine it sounds like um, a school disco before anyone's turned up. <laughs> mm. Yeah, maybe. No, I'd, 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 I'd have that. It would work. I reckon it would work. Like, like um, if you get something good on pinball, you get like a round of applause and a, and a little bit of noise from Terminator Two or something. Do that. Yeah, would you, <laughs> like, sounds from the films. Would you like um, a kind of buzz of a crowd noise that the TV station could put on over the top of the commentary? I think that would probably make mm. it sound better as well. No, I would because it's fake. It might be a bit eerie though, right? Yeah, and I yeah, think I, that, yeah. that would be yeah. strange. Um, it's kind of it's been interesting, isn't it, to try and see how the the differing atmosphere affects the games. I, I thought something that was really really interesting was in the, in the um, Cologne versus Mainz game. Cologne were two 0 up. Mainz pulled them back to two all, but at after the, after Mainz equalised, the the momentum shifted towards them in a way that you would expect in that situation. And a lot of the time, you think, "Was well, that because the fans are up? You know, is that energy mm. feeding back onto the pitch?" But it was it was mm. exactly the same. So certain things are aren't maybe as different as as we worried they would be. I know that's just one example, but that that, that seemed really interesting to me. But Jim, yeah. that's interesting because you 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 say that I've Marcus and I, I imagine Pete as well. I've all played in games at Sunday league level where that happens. It seems to be like a hmm. weird universal universal energy that transfers from one team to another. There's nothing you can do about it. It happens all yeah. the time in amateur football as well. So yeah. the fact that it happens in um, at the top level of professional football, I find actually quite reassuring. Yeah, the only mm. other thing that, that that I've seen just one or two people suggesting is that referees won't be influenced as much as they would normally be by the home crowd. And obviously they are human beings and we don't like to think of referees being influenced by 70,000 or 50,000 people shouting at them. But the home advantage, and it, and, and I believe statistically, although do your own research as well, ladies and gentlemen, um, that that does have a tiny little teensy effect sometimes on, on, on one or two individuals. Yeah, That, that will be um, reduced or even taken away. So the home advantage quite clearly won't be as big because of the fans or, or lack of fans. You know, it makes sense if you if you think about it. Um, Bayern, um, they, they obviously won, keep themselves four points above Dortmund. Um, so it's uh, it got a bit of a title race going on in Germany, which is quite interesting. And obviously on, on the continent, um, Luke, you and Andy will cover that in more detail. Uh, did you see that the South Korean League uh, was, was obviously uh, uh, carrying on from its restart? FC Seoul had their first home match since the restart. Now, there was no fans there, uh, of course, so the club tried to use some props to make it look more like a regular home match. 
Um, they have received criticism, though, for apparently placing sex dolls in the stands. Uh, FC Soul insisted they were <laughs> yeah. premium mannequins rather than sex dolls, but they did admit they came from a supplier that produces sex toys. If you if you are under any illusion about what kind of listenership we have here at Football Ramble Daily, I would say this is the most tweeted story to us mm. uh, of the season, probably. Yeah, yeah. Marcus has <laughs> one man has one handedly managed to destroy the email section this week by even mentioning this story. Yeah. <laughs> All of the emails were about sex dolls this week. I'm sorry, guys. Okay. <laughs> Would you like me to apologise? <laughs> yeah. I, I think the listeners should apologise to us and be, try and be better. Oh, they were beautiful, though, weren't they? I mean, so they were just uh, <laughs> all socially responsibly distance assistance uh, love dolls uh, spread around. The, 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 the club were appears to, to to suggest that they weren't actually sex dolls, but they were sourced mm-hmm. from a factory that uh, creates uh, sex dolls. So what's the difference exactly and mm. there were images and diagrams from uh, certain uh, modules you can install in the th- oh it was oh it was fantastic what were they thinking for crying out loud the most chilling part of that whole story pete you just said there was that you used the term love dolls yeah yeah i thought you were going to say module interchangeable module is that not worse surely any doll is a sex doll if you you know, if you're really committed love enough. Come along, yeah. Mummy and Daddy. <laughs> it's like Mitch Hedberg said, any book is a children's book if the kid can read. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, uh, moving on swiftly. Um, the Premier League, of course, is still in discussion about Project Restart. Some managers, including Stephen Bruce, I thought I'd give him his full name, uh, have voiced concerns about the league resuming too soon because players' fitness levels are... Uh, 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 perhaps not up to scratch. And uh, Raheem Sterling came out and said, you know, we need more time to, to get fit. Mid-June is being talked about, but towards the end of June might be preferred. But, I'm, I mean, since we've seen the Bundesliga return, I, I do really want the Premier League back, if, if I'm honest. I know that yeah. could sound selfish and there's a lot of people mm. who are concerned and so on, but that's that's where my heart, that's what my heart is saying, guys. If you want to use his full name, it's Stephen Roger Bruce. So that that's... That's uh, <laughs> even more of a Stephen uh, Rodgers and Bruson. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like um, you're talking to two I don't men. Think you, I don't think I don't think you should apologise for wanting football back. It's perfectly understandable that you you're missing the game and you want to watch it. You're a football fan. I, I don't think I don't think you're saying at the behest of everyone else's safety. And I don't care how many people <laughs> drop down dead. I want to watch football yeah. again. It's, it's, it's perfectly fine to want football back. We understand the uh, the health implications, and they've got to be they've got to be mitigated, and I'm sure they will be. And and we're a football show, so we have to talk about football as much as we can. Um, players' fitness um, is obviously a concern, but I was pleasantly surprised by the intensity on display by the the, the German players. Yeah. Um, I think I think it's probably worth <clears throat> bearing in mind that, as Pete alluded to already, the break they've had is probably akin to a mid-season break. So yeah. don't yeah. don't if, if you're not happy. I saw some people online talking about how they weren't particularly happy with the standard of the football and all the rest of it. Look, don't tell me you haven't seen some terribly um, terribly kind of pedestrian games in the Premier League at the start of August because you have everyone yeah. has it happens every season so that's to be expected um, so if they can get up to speed and they can get get done and fit um, towards the end of June it might it might work there's I think this talk of um, as you said Marcus the um, discussion today I believe the meeting today which is expected to be approved I believe is that players might be able to go back and start training in groups of five which is exactly mm. what happened in Germany a while back so they're on the same course it seems to me although obviously that's at the time of recording and, and things may change mm. yeah and, and I think also football will become if they do, if they're not playing on matches before I don't know, September, October, I'm afraid it will look like what the one industry that is a bit of an outlier. I mean, the, the government have, I mean, our government have, have kind of sort of went, oh, just get on with it. We, we did our best, just get on with it. Everyone get back to work. Come on, go on, teachers, get, get back into schools. Um, so like, I think football will, if, if they decide or opt to or, or, the, or the unions get involved and, and they don't play until September, October, they will probably want to be the want be one of the last industries that gets, uh, gets back to work. And that will obviously turn public support against them and we'll just have arguments like this constantly throughout. The summer. But Pete, as far as I understand it, that can't that currently can't happen. They have they have to they have to say to you they have to tell you away for what they're going to do by May twenty fifth. Mm-hmm. And the strong um, suspicion is that they have to have it all done by sometime in August so that the European right, competition yeah. can happen. I don't work with suspicions. I don't work with them. Don't let them. <laughs> Won't have them. Yeah, yeah you, Fair you create them. Is this yeah. a suspicion free zone? 
I create smells <laughs> and suspicions, but I will not have them myself. Yeah. It doesn't really matter, does it? Because who knows, this time next week, it's all going to be different because that's happened every week since this whole thing started. So. Indeed. Yeah. Although it does seem that in Scotland, Celtic will be crowned champions today um, as the SPFL will decide to end the season. That certainly is the, the strong sentiment and chat coming up uh, north of the border. So, so Neil Lennon and Scott Brown were right all along. It, it's, it's Marcus, will they do a socially distanced open-top bus tour? <laughs> One plough in each bus. I, 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 like, I really like the idea that... Um, that'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? Great for the environment. Would, 30 buses <laughs> just idling yeah. down the street. You know, one thing I, I really like about this whole thing is that it's really made um, a lot of fans north of the border in Glasgow uh, really think about what's important and really see a bit of perspective and, 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 and understand that, you know, there are some things that are bigger than kind of city rivalries. And, and that's why Celtic fans have been spotted putting nine in a row stickers all over Ibrox this weekend. So uh, <laughs> is that is that is that a necessary journey? I'm not sure. Maybe yeah. some people think it is. I have no idea. Um, but League Two clubs have voted to end the season. Now, this is pending approval from the EFL and the and the FA, of course. But all 24 clubs took an indicative vote and decided unanimously that three teams should be promoted to League One with the playoffs still taking place and no team should be relegated to the National League. So everybody's happy uh, if, um, <laughs> if the EFL and the FA do approve it, which is Well, which apart is interesting. from Barrow, presumably. Apart from Barrow, think of Barrow for crying out loud. But League One clubs yeah. didn't come in, uh, sort of didn't come to an agreement at their meeting last week. They are meeting again today. But Championship clubs like the Prem seem to want to resume the season. So uh, discussion still going on. But it's interesting what's going on. What happened in League Two? They've been quite decisive. But again, it needs to have the approval. Yeah. So it just shows it's indicative about what League Two are doing. I think part of the reason that. Um, this is the case is because there are so many um, players at League Two who have been furloughed and there are also um, a a really large number. I'm not sure exactly how many in League Two exactly, but I think it numbers in the hundreds of players who are out of contract on the 30th of June. And of course, I'm pretty sure they've been furloughed as well. So it's Mm -hmm. a really difficult situation because the clubs down there just obviously don't have any money. Um, But there's also a really interesting situation bubbling under with a team like Berry, who have obviously been um, kicked out of the league. And so there's an extra spot to yeah. be made up in League One. And I don't know how that's going to manifest itself. And I also don't know when I, when I mentioned Barrow there. I mean, they've, 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 I mean they're, they're staring down the barrel of not being able to be promoted. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a lot of things to sort out in, in League Two. And I think, as you said, Mark, it's just an indicative vote. That's what the clubs have decided they want to do, but it has to be ratified by the, the Football League. Yeah, but I think the clubs making, you know, taking those votes, it, it's. I, I totally understand. You know, there's a, there's a there's a lot of moving parts here, as we've discussed before, and whichever decision you come to, someone will lose out. That that's the sad, yes, sad situation. So so I, I'm not at all um, trying to sort of say, oh well, they should bloody well do this or something like that. But 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 quite clearly, you know, those clubs making that vote, they are trying to say to the FN EFL, we want this, please do this. Do you know what I mean? Like like let this let this be kind of thing. And the reason it hasn't happened in League One, just as a reminder, is because six clubs in League One, led by the Peter Chairman Darren McAntony, who's been very vocal mm. in the media about this, yeah. have all said that they're determined to continue. I think it's Peterborough, Oxford, Sunderland, Fleetwood, Portsmouth and Ipswich. Um they they released a joint statement um last mm. week or the week before. So there's not as much of a desire. It's not as unanimous, I don't think, across League One. So there's lots of things mm. to be sorted out. Those the one major problem which will come out in the wash in due course is the financial implications. Like, well, this is it. The, the, these clubs, so many of these clubs are in danger of going out of business anyway before this happened. You know, mm-hmm. so it's it's a worrying, worrying time for, for a lot of clubs at that level. Yeah, well, fr- from uh, from that we go to UEFA and the Champions League, <laughs> if you don't mind. Uh, Alexander Seferin has said that uh, UEFA competitions will be concluded by the end of August, which... I, Okay, good luck to you. Um, PSG and Lyon are still involved in the Champions League. Uh, but of course, France has banned football um, or sort of professional um, football and, and, and events uh, until September. Now, I mean, you know, if we're going to get into the sort of detail of it, Lyon did beat Juventus in France, so they'd need to go to Juventus. But if they got through that tie and, and PSG did get through theirs, then they would need to play some the home games. Now, Seferin has said, well, if you can't play them in France, that's for you to sort out. You'd have to play them in a neutral venue outside the country. 
So it's very interesting. And the other teams in the tournament are from Italy, England, Spain and Germany. And those four leagues want to resume, of course. But the situation is potentially more complex in the Europa League with more countries represented. So that could be a very interesting uh, situation come August, if indeed we're still playing. There's not a massive second wave that's not put the kibosh on everything and, and so on and so forth. So, like Harland, I say... Uh, offered up his car as a, like a plow <laughs> system for the... <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, he's going to have to drive around all the grounds. I'm sure there's an easier way doing it, but I haven't figured it out just yet. Um, one of the, one of the um, funny things to come out of... Uh, well, if you can say it's funny in such a difficult situation in hmm. France is that um, the Lyon president, Olas, is just refusing yeah. to accept the league is finished. He's like lobbying mm. really hard because I think it will be the yeah. first season in ages that Lyon will be out of Europe and of course they're still involved <laughs> in the Champions League. So he's just fuming about it. He's he's spoken to uh, the people at Amiens who have been relegated who are also oh, really yeah. pissed off and trying to get a bit of a cabal going. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure what will happen in it. But I mean, it's really interesting to me how, as we predicted back at the start of all this, that... Um, you know, people will try and use this for their own ends as much as possible. There's no one, there's no danger of a lot of people seeing the bigger picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's um, that is a hell of a task facing those French clubs, isn't it? If you, if the effectively your pre-season is the Champions League, <laughs> realistically, that is what that's going to be like as a sort of physical toll on those players. It <laughs> happens with clubs in Eastern Europe, doesn't it? When they have to play in Europe and their season isn't finished, isn't started yet or anything like that. I mean, I think Russia yeah. brought their season into line fairly recently, but a lot of the time they'd have to play European games. It's such a weird time for them. Yeah, and they suffer for it though as well, don't they? So it's, yeah. you know, it's... Uh, yeah, it's I take one. the point, Jim. Normally you're having a pre-season tour of, you know, Hong Kong or Dubai. Pre-season this time is going away to Atletico Madrid and Simeone. Yeah, and possibly in a situation where they're playing again and you're not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, dear. Going back to uh, South Korea, chaps, uh, Hyung Min Song has completed his national service and is back in London and is fully recovered from his broken arm. Just a little update there because we mentioned... What's in that suitcase? Well... (laughs) What's in that interchangeable module? Very nice, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Massively air-gapping these stories, Marcus Feller. Outrageous. I can can see we have a connoisseur on our hands. Step with me, sir. (laughs) You've earned it. Pete, get down to the airport. We need you to determine something for us. <laughs> and how exactly did you get that broken arm, Mr. Sun? <laughs> <I've>... <laughs> Repetitive strain mind. injury. Oh, oh, Mar- yeah, Luke, you didn't have to nail it. You didn't have no. to nail it. Why not? Filthy mast. Why That's not? what he exactly. said. Why yeah, yeah. not? He looks so... Like, you know when like Elvis joined the army? He looks yeah. so Hollywood. <laughs> Young man, wholesome. Yeah. Uh, wholesome. He yeah, looks very wholesome. He looks so beautiful in his in his. He's uh, a premium uniform. soldier. Well, he is a premium oh, yeah. soldier. Big Didn't heart. he get like he passed everything with distinction? His shooting was excellent. Well done, that man. I think. I think. So, I think it might be a. Um, I think the whole thing might be an elaborate um, plot to a new Vinnie Jones film where uh, Vinnie Jones has <laughs> nice. been conscripted into the army and they need to win a game to be able to get out again. And uh, so they get Hung Min Son in to play with them, and they eventually win under dramatic, under dramatic circumstances. But Hung Min Son gets a escaping through the bath. Yeah, yeah. So the rest of the team is presumably trained sex dolls. I didn't say that. No, Jim. that look, I alluded to it's that. It's all but coming you together. Could say that. It's all coming together. It's all coming together nicely. <laughs> Indeed, it is. And then John Walker appears <laughs> with his porn star moustache. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh dear. <I'll> <laughs> And now it's time for a break, everybody. Welcome back to the Football Ramble of Football Ramble Daily, you beauties. Uh, Oh, hang on a minute, Luke. You've got something to say. Yeah, I just really wanted to give another plug for the At The Match episode that was released yesterday for no other reason than Mm. the fact that I just absolutely love it. So if your routine means that um, you don't listen to podcasts on Sundays, um, then do do yourself a favour. Go back to yesterday on Football Round with Daily. Download Andy's episode of At The Match where he goes to LAFC in their inaugural MLS season, meets up with a load of ultras, talks about the Los Angeles rivalry with the Galaxy, a lot of Zlatan in there, uh, Will Ferrell, actually in the episode yeah, um, which yeah. I mean 
it, needless to say, that means it's um, it's definitely worth a listen. I actually watched uh, Step Brothers on TV last night, speaking well, of Will Ferrell. I've never seen that film. Is it any good? Uh, it's all right. It's just a bit of fun. But the one thing about the this this episode about the match is that you think, oh, he's going to he's going to America to watch a game. It isn't the same. The the atmosphere won't be anywhere near as good as it is in Europe. Wrong. It is arguably the best atmosphere of any episode of the series. Do, do go back and check it out. It's, it came out yesterday. It's at the match, and it's Andy Brassel watching mm. LAFC in Los Angeles. Lovely old job. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for emails with PTD. You email shortfootballrambledaily.com And now Peter's reading it out. Well done. It is time for emails with me, the PTD. If you want to get to the short, as that jingle just said, it's uh, shortfootballrambledaily.com. The first email comes from, hang fire, <clears throat> Scott Horrell. Scott Horrell says, uh, if Steve, uh, the recommending, uh, remember Steve last week, he couldn't uh, get his ball back, a signed football uh, oh, Southampton yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, ball, wrapped in cling film. Uh, Steve Charlton's ball. Uh, if Steve is to put a note through the door, as suggested, he should probably not wrap it in cling film unless he wants the police involved. Definitely about the boundary dispute but by the way uh, lockdown people will not be making people less petty uh, thank you very much Scott for that uh, mm. email uh, Lewis Stevens is reminding us that tonight uh, or later today certainly uh, if, if German football is not enough don't forget it's the Asgabat derby this week in the Turkmenistani league uh, Jokari Liga uh, Lewis uh-huh. in Me- Melbourne I don't know what time he's going to have to get up to watch that <laughs> I don't really know how that one works Michael Chapman uh, for some reason I don't know whether it's the wave has kind of hit them later but um, he, he's, from, he's from Texas and he's decided to do a COVID-11 we're not doing them Michael we said this about no. five weeks ago we're not doing <laughs> COVID-11 I don't care if you've said Alan saying vax a man we're not doing it it's not happening <laughs> <laughs> Get having my cake and, eat, cake and eating it. Um, yeah, Simon, uh, cruise cruise ship neutral venue solution. I have to admit, I heard this as an original solution for the NBA. So it's not my original idea, but the suggestion is as thus: cruise ships are out of business for the foreseeable future. They are very big. Are they big enough for a football pitch? Big enough to accommodate twenty teams necessary staff, referees, etc. Maybe even family members. I think you get the idea. Please discuss, Simon. Do you remember why we don't use cruise ships at the moment? It's that, <laughs> it's that reason. It's for that reason. Yeah. If you're not getting that, you're getting some kind of, some kind of horrible... Like cruise ships, you, people get sick all the time. It's you crazy. get the shits, 100%. Uh, you, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Legionnaires, that's always a big one, isn't it? Um, Richard Scurvy. Williams. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Richard Williams. That's a pirate ship. Richard Williams says, uh, I hate to be that guy, Luke, but can someone tell Luke that the head of the DFL is called Christian... Seafert and not Seafert. He got it wrong in both the Ramble and OCT. I loved both pods, but it kills me every time I get it get it wrong. Uh, I apologise. <laughs> no, don't apologise. Sod off. That's a roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think it's one of those weird emails where I feel like I don't actually need to make a contribution to that. No, <laughs> Richard Walliams there. Uh, Michael Dawson <laughs> Michael Dawson did point out that I was right. The Super Fire Animals did sponsor a team. They sponsored Cardiff City. Mm. And I think it was their yeah. League Cup. Uh, when they were heading the world, get quite deep yeah that was late, it late that was 90s. the one yeah, yeah. that's the one <laughs> um, but if you check out that kit with the Super Fair Animals on the front I would love that kit it's got like the uh, remember there was a bit of a vogue for like uh, kits to have like laced up um, uh, collars oh, yeah. like yes, for a while yeah. after the after yeah. the Man United one United had one of those in the 90s yeah mm. Manchester United had uh, one yes yeah, uh, if you want to get just a show <laughs> short dot com, and we'll be back with more emails this Thursday Friday. It's Friday, Pete, the show. <laughs> it is, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Jim, one get, thing get I forgot on with to it ask then. you... Jim, one thing I forgot to ask you earlier is mm-hmm. um, are, you, are you nervous about your beloved Leverkusen tonight? Uh, the company's 11? Nah, yeah. mate. <laughs> <laughs> Not with a nickname like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I'm very much looking forward to seeing, seeing how they get on, actually. It's funny, isn't it? I do actually feel a little bit invested in them, like sort of more than I would do otherwise, which is quite cool. It's mm. great. Yeah, no, I was I was. Are you, worried about, your, are, are you worried about your football at Alexander Lacazette? Back on the balloons! Jim. Oh, yes, actually, <laughs> I am. Yeah, stop doing that, Lacker. Yeah. <laughs> or at least do it privately. Well, I think I think he only knew about it because I think he sent a, a, a text to one of his uh, friends who was clearly just leaking all of this, um, saying, yeah. just uh, chilling out, relaxing, doing some balloons. And I was thinking, <laughs> that was Keith Richards' routine for most weekends, <laughs> wasn't it? I thought that was going to be the I start mean, of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm naive here, but like, where do you even buy balloons? Do you get those off a normal dealer? Like, what, what do you, you mean? How do you, 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 you provide your own balloons and 
No, but the, ga- the gas that goes in them. You buy yeah. the canisters and then you use them, you them to like inflate firm, balloons and then you suck the air out of the balloon. So you get them from a catering firm, did you say there, Pete? Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's what provides the market, uh, heavily inflated, uh, excuse my pun, uh, market, <laughs> because obviously there's a there's a, there's a a side grey area uh, of use outside the kitchen, outside the, the fresh cream right. of Bel Air uh, uh, routine. Fair enough. I just didn't know how it worked. You're from the streets, Jim. You live in central <laughs> London with me, mate. Yeah, it's true. Do you think there's a danger, though, that uh, Lacazette's, you know, bubble could burst? <laughs> Was that worth it? Do you yeah, think he stayed like well a... quiet. <laughs> we're not well. even in the same room that audio that you just did there Marcus went to a server probably in Iceland somewhere with cheap electricity and uh-huh. had to come back to it for it to get into our ears so I yeah. hope you're happy with yourself can I just say oh, the well, amount of times <laughs> that Pete talks about servers in Iceland is absolutely stunning I've never mm. heard anyone talk about servers in Iceland more than Pete does no but every time you every time you text a crappy meme Luke I think that's a waste that's a waste of managing. <laughs> I'm keeping them in business. It's a great industry they've got going over there. They've cornered the market and I want to support them with as much guff as possible. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Dearie me. Um, have you seen uh, Maurizio Sarri wants to sign Jorginho? Of course he does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's really love that's it. the stuff. <laughs> if there was one transfer that will definitely happen this summer, he wants, he wants his baby back. He wants it back. Pete, weren't you talking, Pete? Were you talking about a um, a Giorgio Chiellini uh, excerpt about Maurizio? Sorry. Oh, yes, yeah. I was. Yeah, he uh, apparently when 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 they go in for meetings with him, he his his thug is so heavy uh, and and pervasive that um, footballers actually go for a shower after they've talked to him because he just constantly oh. smoking. <laughs> oh my <laughs> word. <laughs> Keelini said in his autobiography, it's, it's, the, it's the wording. One thing nobody has been able to change about Sari is his, his outlandish attachment to cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> but he said you, you can only go into his office post-match while you're still in your kit dripping with sweat because you have to have a shower straight away, otherwise you stick a smoke all day long. <laughs> He must just think that his players just stick a sweat all the time. Oh, I've got such yeah. a stinky team. No, I just yeah. Pete, fresh players. A hundred fags a day. He ain't smelling a damn thing. Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Right, ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for Pete's Film Club. Pete's Film Club. It is time for Pete's Film Club. This week's film, you love it, I love it, goal Two, when Newcastle United soccer star Santiago Munez is offered a spot with Real Madrid, he accepts. But the move, accompanied by big money and fame, tests his ties and loyalties to friends, family and business acquaintances. It's Jonathan Woodgate, the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Jonathan Woodgate's in it as well, isn't he? (laughs) What a great run by Munez. And a goal! It was all he ever wanted. It's a dream start for Newcastle. But for Santiago Munez... Here to your new home and may all your ups and downs be in the bedroom. Mom! This was only the beginning. I've been on the phone for hours. Do you want to meet us? Oh, my God. I'm not sure I want to live in Spain. I can't walk away from this chance. Now... This is my life. He's living the dream. It's a very, very big night for that young man. Santiago Munez, for the first time since his move from Newcastle, starts a game for Real Madrid. Guys, what did you reckon of this one? Um, oh. I thought it was... How can I put this? No, so, I mean, it started off... I'd never seen this before. And it no, started off um, reasonably encouragingly and what I mean by that is it only takes about 10 minutes for him to get the move to Real Madrid and I thought okay he's not, they're not lacking around okay he's yeah, off yeah. to Real Madrid that's not the first plot point and it happens really quickly there's really only Michael Owen dig as well where he goes he's just sat on the bench at Real I don't, I don't want to be the guy sat on the bench at Real and then he obviously goes the other way in the stop deal Santiago Munez says I, I don't want to be um, yeah sat on the bench for Real, for Real Madrid and I like to think that Michael <laughs> Owen's people insisted that the next piece of dialogue 
Vargas put in, which is he's one of the best in the world. Um, so, <laughs> Michael anyway, will never have seen this film. It's not on his list. <laughs> yeah, it's true, true, actually. But it happens quite quickly. I thought, okay, this might be quite a fast paced one. I'm, I'm interested in in the fact that it's going to be set in Madrid and it might be interesting mm-hmm. to watch and it might be beautiful to look at. It isn't. It's none of those things. It is so boring. Like everything about it is so boring from the cliche stuff that goes on where he buys a car that he doesn't need and he cheats on his wife or his wife to be uh, and all this crap about. Yeah, it's, it's just so boring. But Marcus, this is a film review section where we brief no, no, no. the people to watch the film in advance. They, no, no, no. There's going to be spoilers. Uh, you, you misunderstand me. I was, <laughs> you, you said about his Lamborghini and I was saying it's a spoiler. Oh, sorry. In which yeah. case, I, I, I stepped back from the yeah. theatre yeah. of conflict, uh, defeated. Anyway, the film was <laughs> shit. It was really boring. <laughs> it was. It was boring. I think they, they tried to cram too much into it, wasn't it? There's a weird sort of side plot with his him having a brother and him, him rediscovering his mum who didn't want to talk to him and then gives a horrific reason for why why that didn't happen. Um, and, yeah, there's the, him sort of like becoming a bit of a bad guy. It's like he turns heel. Like it's mm. like, oh, Santi starts being being horrible, and his mate Craig Bellamy's out in Madrid with him as well, which is kind of slightly <laughs> ridiculous. But they kind of resume their kind of flatmates thing that's going on. And the, the the one thing that does you know stand out as being good, given a lot of the terrible stuff that we've seen, is that the football when it is actual football, and quite often it's it's mm. Champions League football. So that at least looks good. But that creates this weird disconnect because they're in a Champions League final against Arsenal. And for example, and there's a few games like this where you know, we we know football, so we know this didn't happen. And some of the some of the footage is taken from a real game, which Arsenal won one nil in reality. And oh, I, well, I couldn't <laughs> help but just be shouting like, "Didn't happen! Didn't happen!" <laughs> the screen when Madrid turned it around because the end of the movie, and this is a spoiler, um, and, but and I'm sorry, so just you know, put your fingers in your ears if you actually want to watch this. Is that uh, Madrid turn it around to win three two in the Champions League final? But as as Santi <laughs> scores the winner, the film just ends. Yeah, so much unresolved. So much is unresolved. He's not made up with his girlfriend, but it's said to be continued. Yeah, yes, it's just yeah. It just it felt like a dig at me personally. That actually, (laughs) but um, yeah, it it was a strange and abrupt ending. It felt very rushed in in the edit, didn't it? It feels like it it needed another go. Yeah, we got we got to tidy this all up. They must have cleaved out the bit where he he gets back with his wife, and that's why he's his wife to be, and that's why his wife to be who moves to Spain. Uh, She doesn't move to Spain actually. She she remains a nurse in Newcastle for some reason, Uh, and uh, and she is very upset. It's to help people. The reason. To help, yeah. well, they have <laughs> hospitals in Spain. They have hospitals in Madrid. I can't stress mm. this enough. And 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 all the way through that film, she's constantly going, "Well, I'm not eating paella." And then she doesn't make the move anywhere. And then she's uh, and 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 she's constantly threatened by the sexuality of Spanish women right throughout the film. She's a terribly yep. written character that she's getting catcalled on the street by sex workers. It is wonderfully badly <laughs> written. That she could, they could not have wrought her worse. Yeah, that is weird that she's yeah. catcalled by sex workers. But sorry. Can I just just make another point on that as well? There's a bit where um, Craig Bellamy slash Gavin Harris is, is wearing a face mask um, in the bath and Santi <laughs> sort of catches him with it. And he acts like it's the most embarrassing thing in the world. And Santi acts as if it's the weirdest thing to ever catch someone doing. And it's like, there's a lot of, a lot of basic bitches in this movie. Do you yeah. know what I mean? In terms of just the, the way these people think. When Jim says face mask, he means like face pack, not Corona face mask. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I do mean that. Yeah. And, and can, Marcus, before you before you jump in, can I just very quickly say that when I first saw Rutger Hauer in there playing the manager, which oh, I bloody yeah. loved, I thought it was Bernd Schuster. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and secondly, <laughs> secondly, the guy who plays the fictional TJ Harper, I think is the guy who scores oh, the goal God, for yeah. Arsenal, um, is yep. Nick Cannon, who was best yeah. known for being married to Mariah Carey. Ah, uh, he's best known he probably for his MTV show, Luke. That's disrespectful. Oh, well, I haven't seen it. He's best known to me as being married to Mariah Carey. I'd like to talk about Steve McManaman's role in this film. Second in command. I mean, yes, Holds you've suggested... Holds Rutger Hauer's Guinness. You've suggested that they've elevated his status. Uh, I would suggest otherwise. He was a player at Real Madrid at the time, and you've got everyone's in there, Raul, Ronaldo, Beckham... Beckham with his top off a lot. It's lovely to see a young Beckham there uh, and all the rest of it. <laughs> McManaman seems to have this kind of sidekick role as like a coach and not a player, bearing in mind it wasn't that long before this film was shot that he scored a goal on a Champions League final for the club. Now, I know he was kind of phased out there, but the first time we see him is when the manager goes to see 
Santiago in the hospital and McManaman was just stood in the background. I was thinking, why is McManaman just stood there? And then it would have, <laughs> he, he then, he then just sort of carries on like he's got, uh, like, like he is some sort of weird, he's not even a coach. He's like a sidekick to a coach, if you see what I mean. I don't know what's going on there. Mm. So poor old Steve. He breaks Mac. up a fight as well. Yeah, I, mm. he's got a clipboard at one point. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I feel I felt a bit sorry for Stephen Matt, but, but to be perfectly honest with you, lads, when I watched this film, I think because I've accepted our fate in this film club, I actually thought it was okay. And the reason why I thought it was okay is because my expectation levels are so low. Soundtrack. And, <laughs> You've uh, been broken, no, Marcus. Your spirit's think, been broken. I, I think I have, and I think this is what Pete wanted. And now I'm looking forward to goal three, <laughs> which is meant to be even like way worse, even in the words of Peter yeah. Becker himself, as we discussed the other week. But, uh, but I think the, the, the huge flaw, Luke, as you say with these films, is it moves so quickly, as you say. Like yeah. one minute he's, he scored the goal for Newcastle, the next minute it's like, well, hang on. In about six weeks, Real Madrid have signed two Newcastle players, and he's got he's, he's about to get married and blah 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 blah. But but other than that, I would say nine out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't tend to associate fast paced things with boring things, but this film yeah. really upsets the apple cart on that front. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's got kind of got their their lives in Newcastle, and they refuse to move on. And so you're kind of half in Newcastle still with his agent, who's still fixing cars for some reason. He shouldn't oh, yeah. be doing that. I'm on Santiago's <laughs> side on this time. I'm playing yeah. Real Madrid, and you're back in Newcastle fixing Completely. cars. Yeah. <laughs> Get everyone's kind of right. And I just like the fact that Real Madrid, even though they clearly had a big hand in this film, they still look like they're signing players on the Death Star. They still look like they're a really <laughs> uncaring kind of like commercial machine. He's yeah, like, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm Santiago goes to sign for them in Japan. I'm meeting them in Japan. The famous guys. That was bad. That was why have they? Why do they insist? It's Paul Hollywood in Japan, people. There's a sumo wrestler. In every shit film, why do they always use Turning Japanese by the Vapors, which is a song about wanking? Why do they yeah. always use that song? This is a podcast about wanking. <laughs> I, I would say that Gavin Harris, um, I would say yeah. his uh, his money was not commensurate with having to work out. He did not look like a footballer at this point in his, no. in his acting career, let's say. He had a bit of a gut on him, very enjoyable. Yeah, I I like um, so often it's the the dialogue that comes from the managers when they're in the dressing room in these films. As we mentioned it in the first <laughs> goal film, the team talk when the, the what's his name walked in and just looked at them all and went, you know what to do, and then walked out. And in the spirit of that, the the manager this time when 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 <laughs> Harris is struggling, yeah, to, when he's struggling <laughs> to score, he just walks in and, and I can't remember what the first bit he says, but he goes, "Are you ever going to score another goal?" Like that. <laughs> Why can't you be more like Peter Schmeichel? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was. Oh, this was oh. around about the time that every single in, um, picture on Instagram was like kind of had that kind of hipstermatic filter. So the grading's yeah. really heavy, and I think that kind of to, to twenty twenty eyes, uh, twenty twenty vision. In fact, um, like we look back and sort of go, God, it's so dingy. It's because that grading, that blue kind of cool blue grading mm. that they used on everything, looked bloody dreadful. So when you saw him, you know, I think he made his debut against Olympiacos in the, in the Champions League, scoring. Mm. He only ever scores like ridiculous goals. Santiago Munez. He scores like a last minute. Like winner, chest and volley from outside the box. Probably one of the best Champions League goals you're ever likely to see. And he still yeah. looks like he didn't do it himself. He just stuck his head on someone. It's incredible. But also, yeah, the, the way the ball moves has a hint of soccer dog about it, doesn't it? With the CGI. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought that, that, yeah, I thought that. Yeah. And, oh. and then the stadium sound never seems to sort of rise when a goal is scored. You just, it, no. it, always, it always sort of cut to David Beckham. As I go, look, he yeah. was there, so it probably happened. That's the, that's the kind of plausible deniability they got. Let's stick some air, nothing in there. Yeah. Lovely old job. They sort of try to make you root for plucky underdogs Real Madrid as well, which you just can't. <laughs> <laughs> Put more Thomas Graveson on the screen. That's all I can. Yeah, oh, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, don't be angry, Jim, because they yes. beat Arsenal in the final. And by the way, Santi I... didn't get the winning goal in the final, just to correct you there. It was D-Beck. It was D-Beck. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, Indeed. Yeah. Didn't happen. Okay. Either way, didn't happen. Like the worst <laughs> people on the internet say. <laughs> oh, dear. All right, So, uh, guys, are, are you fully sated? What would you give this one out of... Uh, would we give them out of 10 or 5? I can't remember what we went for in the end. Uh, We've given a couple of scores out of 10. Right, OK. Well, I'm going to give this one a 7 out of 10. Goal 1 was 
because I got when when you when he left for from Newcastle at Newcastle Airport and there's all those Geordies saying, "Oh, we're really going to miss you. Please stay, Santiago." I was like, "Oh, I've felt this so many times when players leave Newcastle <laughs> to better teams." So I'm giving this a seven because it upset me a little bit. Yeah, because you gave Fair the enough. first goal film nine out of ten. Remember? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I would, I would um, probably give it. Um, I mean, I just didn't like it at all. So I, I'll probably <laughs> give it. Um, I know you probably get four for actually making the thing is the only the only exception to this would be Soccer Dog, which I don't think really qualifies as a film as I know it. Um, mm. But for generally speaking, for actually putting a film together, getting everyone in one place, I imagine logistically it's quite hard to make a film. So you get a four for for that. So I'd probably give it a four and a half. Mm. <laughs> I'd go five myself. Yeah, same. Uh, next week's film, the film you've got to prepare for a Monday. Following Santiago Munez's and his best friend, Liam Adams and Charlie Braithwaite, as they prepare for the FIFA World Cup finals, it's goal three, people, <laughs> the final. We're wrapping this one up. Come on, guys. Get involved. The thing, that, you, the thing that chills me to my very core about this... Pull off the plaster. It's got the main guy from Soccer Dog European Cup in it, and it's got Tamar Hassan in it, which can only mean it's going to be shockingly bad. The first yeah. film had a budget of 40 million. The one we just watched had a budget of 50 million. Goal 3 had a budget of 10 million. Let's see how this one's going to pan out. Let's see if we can even buy it on the internet. <laughs> I might actually watch this right now just to get it out of the way. Get out of the way, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll watch it on one and a half speed right now. You've got residual love for Santiago Munoz. <laughs> to quote Kuno <laughs> Becker himself, the man who stars in these films, Goal 3 was a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it's got the guy from Soccer Dog in it. What a, yeah. what a horrific kind of amalgamation of all the pain we've gone through here. Well, that's where they're scraping the barrel. The first I can't few believe films, he got the gig. The first few films they're thinking, oh, hang on, who, who can we get involved? They're trying to kind of punch above their weight and so on. By then, it's kind of like, who has been in any kind of soccer film ever? Right, soccer, dog, soccer dogs' uh, money was too much. They couldn't get it. <laughs> can, I, can I just say, you know, you, know, um, you know these days on Google when you um, you type in, so, I've, I've, so basically I've typed in goal three just to see what the, uh, see what the plot was and stuff. And mm. um, underneath on Google now, they have a people also ask box. You guys have probably seen it. It's got a nice. load of related Google searches, right? Just to give you an idea of the intellectual <laughs> acumen of the audience of goal three, the second most popular question asked is, mm. are the goal movies a true story? <laughs> 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 oh my god yeah, goal three taking on the world from 2009 producer charlie has just said it's only 96 minutes which is you know a mercy. That, that, a mercy. that is something but he says in selected scenes a professional lookalike derek williams is used as a double for sven Joran erickson so i'm on board people there we go <laughs> you changed your tune they couldn't even get sven in it <laughs> we, we thought about doing that one of our live shows games. don't give it away we, we might do it in the future <laughs> well, no by that point we'll probably be able to afford Sven I reckon He'll, he will have changed his he's not had a club yeah. for a little while we'll get that kid who shaved his head like Sven yeah okay he'll be, he'll be all grown up now we'll get you a premium mannequin Marcus <laughs> that's always how it was going to end a sex doll dressed like Sven Joran Eriksson delivered to Marcus's door beautiful uh, so yes uh, do, re- do do your research do do your watching uh, we're, we're going to be finishing this all <laughs> Monday Goal 3 taking on the world well ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble we've come to the end of this shite show uh, thanks very much for listening it's been an absolute pleasure we look forward to reviewing Goal 3 next week uh, until then listen to Jules and Andy tomorrow with some red hot football chat and, uh, and, and all the other Football Ramble daily offerings you should get your ears around because they are delightful say goodbye Luke Moore goodbye say goodbye Jimmy Campbell goodbye say goodbye P.E.D. see you later thanks goodbye from me everybody this was a Stakhanov production